serious people of Reddit who have encountered ghosts or other supernatural beings. What was your experience like? What happened? This is long, but it needs a quick backstory. When I was about 12 years old my stepdad Daniel passed away from liver failure. I was extremely distraught and unstable in my teen years because of it, so I have wrote off my supernatural experiences as either a false memory or overactive imagination. However, I had one experience with my mom that still excites me but also scares me. My mom had a very hard time getting past it, understandably so, and after a couple of years my mom spontaneously packed our things and told me and my brother we are moving apartments. Now 15 and in the new apartment. I still had strange experiences but it didn't bother me as much. My mom was doing great and was exercising and eating healthy and going out with friends. One day I was coming home from being out and about and my mom was in the living room exercising with small dumbbells. She had her speaker full blast playing Coldplay and when she saw me, she turned it down. Sat on a chair, still doing dumbbell exercise stuff, and started asking me about my day. I gave her a quick overview and I asked her about hers. She said aside from work she felt like coming home to exercise. That she hadn't played Coldplay in a long time, because Daniel gave her the album and it always reminded her of him. She went on to explain exactly how he introduced Coldplay to her, and how much she loves it. I was super excited to hear the story, and was so absorbed by it. We started swapping stories. Then her cell phone started ringing. She was still exercising, and it was plugged in on the other side of the room. Told her I would grab it for her, so I skip off and unplug the phone, and then my heart sank. The screen flashed Daniel and the phone number was area code treble zero, treble zero, double zero, double zero. I stupidly reacted by loudly saying wash it. My mom now worried, got up frantically asking what would, w, who is it, and swear it, who is it, assume she thought the worse, like it was the police station or hospital calling, for my brother, because she somehow dropped what she was doing, got across the room, and snatched the phone from me, then she looked at it confused then looked at me confused, answer it ma, answer it, she tries to hand it back to me you answer it, fuck no I'm scared. She gives me a mom look for cursing, and we both stare at her phone while it's still ringing. Then it stops. No voice or mail. I grab her phone and start laughing nervously but excited. I look at her missed call, and there is was. Daniel. Area code treble zero, treble zero, double zero double zero. She said since his phone got disconnected she called and delete his name or number so. She just changed it to zeros. This was 8 years ago. Now, my mom refuses to acknowledge that it happened, and says it was pure coincidence. I like to think it was his way of letting us know he heard us. Oh well. This would probs end at the bottom but hey. I finally have something to say on this sub. Anyways. I was about 9 when this happened, and we were in a remote village deep into the province where my mom lived, before for the summer. One night I suddenly just didn't have the appetite to eat, so I just slept it off. The next day however, my belly just expanded 4 to 5 times, and it looked like I was legit carrying a child, no shit. My grandma wanted me to see her, wait for it, a witch doctor first, because she was sensing it as something out of the ordinary. Later on, a weird man came with me, and my whole family, to visit this witch doctor in the middle of nowhere, to check up on me. 
Rituals like lighting candles and her talking to the bowl of water in front of her were performed. She even rubbed ashes of something I wouldn't like to know on my palms and told my parents that shit. I stepped on a dwarf's hole while playing. That night, the witch doctor gave my dad a list of all the offering the dwarf wants from us to reverse the curse of the big belly, citing things as fresh blood from a chicken, a cigar and a pack of brand name digestives all in a circular steel plate. My dad did what he was told past midnight and placed it somewhere hidden at the back of the house. Morning came and my mom woke me up and told me that my protruding belly has now disappeared and the steel plate was now empty of everything. Even the chicken blood. These times though, I rarely visit that place anymore for fear it may happen again in one way or another. TL. Doctor. Stepped on a dwarf's hill and got cursed. Went to the witch doctor who told my dad to offer the dwarf very specific items to reverse the curse. It actually worked. In my town there was a civil war cavalry battle where hundreds of men and horses died. I was sick and heard hoof stomping. My father being a Monty Python fan I thought he was watching Holy Grail. I got up to find out and down the hallway a man on horseback flew past my door and disappeared just as fast as I saw him. In the same housing development about 100 feet from my house there was a Native American burial site. Luckily never heard any poltergeist stories. Just dead soldiers walking about. My experience happened while I was in primary school. We went on a excursion to an extremely old prison here in Western Australia. Its name is Fremantle Prison. For those who know about, I don't need to say much more. For those who don't, it's very old and stupidly ducking haunted. There were heaps of executions, deaths, and murders. In the excursion we were taken around the main cell blocks, even to Hanging Square. Throughout the whole tour I kept seeing people in prison garbs out the corner of my eye. One kept hanging around though, there but as soon as I'd try and make eye contact he'd vanish. They then had us go and sit inside the cells. This particular cell happened to be of murderer who liked to strangle his victims. So being the young kid I was, I happily went into the concrete cell and sat on the bed. I then saw the same guy I'd been seeing all morning standing in the door smiling. I blinked and he was gone. Then I started having serious trouble breathing to the point I had a coughing fit. The teacher grabbed me and took me outside. And it got easier to breathe almost instantly. I didn't think anything of it. Fast forward to the next day and my mum flipped her shit asking who'd touched me. I had no idea what she was on about. She took me to the bathroom and had me in front of the mirror and there on my neck were thick dark bruises around my throat. Turns out the tightness of breath was the psychotic ghost's attempts to kill me in his cell. I've never been back to the jail. The masochist inside me really wants to go back there and see if it happens again. Though I'd probably bitch out knowing what can happen to me. I used to work for a company who would come and grab all of your belongings, furniture and all, to repair, replace, or clean from fires or floods, if it was in a fire or flood. So have insurance cause this happens alad apparently lol. So anyways there was this one house I was sent to with my co-worker who is Hispanic. We will call him Bob. And he tells me that he gets a bad feeling from the master bedroom. This house was two stories and you could see the master bedroom from the front door. I'm not one to believe in ghost and disregard his statement and just started working. So here is where some weird shit started. There was a piano in the middle of the living room. So me and Bob started to mess around with the piano, and so was I, but after a while we were just chilling on the piano bench. 
Then all of a sudden the piano played two notes by itself. At first I thought it was a mouse or something, there were a lot ratchet around the house, but it kept happening, when I would mess around with the piano with and without bother, and it would always play the two same notes. That was only the beginning. There were a lot of cat collar bells lying on the floor everywhere, apparently the owner had owned many pets. Bob and I went into one of the bedrooms upstairs, and I hear something bouncing off the wall. At first I didn't think much of it cause the house was in a fire and some creaks was to be expected. But it kept happening. There were times where I was in a room by myself and one of those cat collar bells hit my ducking face. That freaked me the duck out. There was also a garage door motor that was propped up by some wooden plank and it was like leaning at a 80 degree angle. While me and Bob were moving boxes in the garage, that plank fell in the opposite direction from the direction it was leaning towards almost hitting Bob in the head. So after all this, we decided to start recording and shit. Bob kept getting a feeling from the master bedroom's attic entry in the closet, so we used my phone and used the voice memo app on my shitty iPhone 4 at the time, and we got some really weird sounds. Like static noises for no reasons, that would go on for like 10 to 5 seconds at a time and there would be a really low moan, if you turned the volume up all the way it was creepy f, exclamation mark. There is more that happened and that's, why I there is more to reality than what we see. This is a story I only recently became aware about involving me, following some asking around. It is substantiated by all parties involved, still living despite no one ever having discussed the matter with me. So, I spent a great deal of time with my grandparents during my childhood. They lived then in my country of birth, which was foreign to them, though they did come to speak the language. My grandfather would take me out into nature to paint. I would squirm anxiously as no kid wants to simply sit and watch someone paint for hours. So eventually my grandfather would start talking to me and I would reference family events I had heard about from my maternal great-grandfather. My grandfather never questioned where I got the information from, so he would discuss the family history with me openly. It wasn't until a setting that included both grandparents and myself that it became problematic, as I couldn't actually have ever met my maternal great-grandfather as he killed himself when his cancer treatment sapped his will to live, and so my grandmother asked me to describe this man and after some digging she was able to find a few photographs of my great-grandfather when he was a younger man, maybe 10 years before his suicide. They asked me when slash where I spoke to this man, and I told them I saw him now and again around their property, though never on the actual grounds, e.g. standing along a fence or sitting by a tree near the road. I recounted things he had told me that even my grandparents had forgotten. Small anecdotes about who belonged to what bloodline, where family artifact X, Y, Z was being kept and other stories. It was a problem, because while there was some written form of family history, it was all in their native language and I did not speak or read it. In the end no conclusions were drawn, and they had apparently decided it was best not to press the issue, and so I was allowed to forget and move on. While I do recall the serious nature of a series of conversations I had around the time this would have taken place. Them grilling me at the dinner table about this mysterious information granting man. I have no recollection of any conversations with this man or any information I came into possession of. It wasn't until I spoke to my great uncle that any of this seemed vaguely familiar in the subsequent talks I had with extended and immediate family sort of brought it back. 
it's frustrating because the reality of the situation is I'll never truly know what happened. Dunno how much this counts, but when I was traveling in Europe with my friends in summer, 2016, I saw a blue kangaroo. We were staying in a town called Scherpenzeel in the Netherlands to visit Amsterdam, and before you ask, no, I didn't nor have I ever done drugs. We're in this tall house and we're on the top floor. I look out the window and see a blue kangaroo hopping about in a nearby garden. However, it hops behind a wall, and by the time my friends came over to look it was gone. I never saw it again, but I know I definitely saw it. Bizarre. My late great-grandmother often invades my dreams, but my grandmother had the best conversation with her over the phone in a dream. Let me explain. Phone rings grandmother hello. G grandma he honey. H. How are you? Grandmother hold up. H. How the hell am I talking to you? You're dead. G grandma. I. I'm still frustrated about. Proceeds to talk about a family issue. Apostrophe. Needless to say. We know that our great grandmother still is with us. And we love you. I lived in the same room with my grandmother for 5 years. Her health got very bad very fast. So she went into the hospital for a surgery. Didn't heal that well. And went in for another one. We were very anxious. And were hoping she would heal from this one. One night around 12 at night. I was in my room. Listening to music or something. When my family cat just came in my room. Sat down in the middle of the room facing my grandmother's bed and started meowing really weirdly I've never heard him meow before. He was staring at that corner meowing. I knew. I just knew at that point and started crying. That morning my dad got a call from the hospital that my grandmother passed away that night. I can't explain this. I thought I saw a ghost once. I was walking home from work alongside a fenced off field with my then ex-boyfriend. When we both noticed a small ball of blue light in the field. It looked like it was dancing. It was jumping around from left to right. And giving off an awful amount of light. We watched for a while. And it seemed to fade out. We really didn't know what to make of it for a while. Ages later I was telling the story and somebody mentioned. That it was probably a willow the wisp. I googled it. And it made sense. It probably was that. I believe all paranormal stories have a logical explanation behind them. That doesn't mean they aren't fun, though. Me and my twin were seated in the back of the bus where there were four seats next to each other instead of two. We were traveling cross country when at 2am, I hear a whisper calling my name it was to my right. I looked and there was no one there. Oh I naturally looked back towards the aisle to resume sleeping. But as I shifted my head, here was this tall shadow in front of me. Alking in tongues and I couldn't move I was frozen. T. There are dozen more experiences like this. My friend lived in her grandma's basement for a little while after high school. And there was a ghost. Or something like it. We knew it was not just our imagination. Because we both noticed it independently. I got freaked out when I felt it there. Just a terribly strong feeling of being watched from this particular corner. With a vaguely masculine tinge to it. I said something about it, because I was freaked out enough by it that I felt like I needed to leave. She hadn't told me about it before, and swore when I mentioned it, because two people independently noticing the exact same thing means it's much less likely to be someone's imagination. It didn't seem to want to communicate or anything. Just watch and be creepy. That was plenty for us. If you went to the bathroom that was in the basement during the night, 
you had to walk through a dark area between the bedroom and the bathroom, and you would feel someone following really closely behind you from right when you left the bedroom up until you closed the bathroom door behind you and on the way back to but it didn't seem to follow us into the bathroom or the bedroom that was good at least it creeped the duck out of both of us and we tried not to think about it or talk about it too much a long time ago i lived in derbyshire england my friend and i would visit some of the village pubs and often stayed after hours having a drink and talking to the landlord after the doors were locked one night just the landlord my friend and i were at the dimly lit bar i had a sudden feeling that there was someone behind me i turned around and there was an old man wearing a cap in the window seat and he had a pint on the table in front of him i was about to ask the landlord who he was but when i turned back for a second look there was nobody there i kept quiet about it because i thought it must have been my imagination but i saw him as clear as day I grew up in a very old plantation home. Our neighbors all referred to it as the haunted house we used to experience and explain things all the time. I'll tell you some of my most memorable. This one is kind of tame. My bathroom used to have a big arched window with double door shutters on the inside to close it. Since it was an M bathroom, I kept it shut all the time. It took me years before I realized that I would never open the doors to the window. I would only ever shut them but I would constantly find them wide open. Nobody would have gone in my bathroom to open the windows. Another time, I stayed up late to play computer games downstairs. It was probably 11pm and my mom had already gone to bed. Well I had my headphones in, but I felt my mom put her hand on my shoulder. I assumed she was just telling me to go to bed soon, so I told her that I wouldn't be long. But then I realized there was nobody standing there. I was a little freaked out, but I very calmly got up and went to bed. My mom used to say that she would feel someone sit at the foot of her bed all the time and think it was me or my brother. She would look but no one would be there. My brother used to be scared of the man in the hallway when he was young. I dk what he saw, but we always tried not to talk about ghosts in front of his impressionable mind, and he still saw something. But this is best to time solace and up. So it was a two-story house, and the stairs were in my brother's room upstairs. There was no hallway, or landing or anything just led right into his room. So one day I'm walking upstairs, and I see a mother duckering child walking right in front of me. The best way I've ever described it is, that it was like a 3D shadow person. I couldn't see any facial features or clothes, but just a silhouette. And the mother ducker walked, right in front of me slow as shit. I screamed like a little bitch, and ran downstairs, and cried to my mom. Another time, I saw the same thing but adult sized. I went upstairs, and turned into my bedroom and this bitch ran literally right in front of me. He ran from my closet to my bathroom right in front of my face. Again I screamed like a little bitch and cried. My family had a hard time selling the house, so they did a little research, to make it have more of a history. What they found out was that it was built in the 1880s on the Mississippi River and cut in half and moved to its current location. They also found out the guy that built it died in the house and his grandson died some years later at a young age. I always assumed they were the ones that I saw. Besides those stories, one thing that I never realized was the uneasy feeling in the house. We moved when I was in 9th grade and remember telling my mom about how much more relaxed I was in another house. 
there was just a certain feeling that it had that never really made it feel like home despite being there for over 11 years. I never felt unsafe, but just felt like someone else was living there. Very very strange feeling. I'll try to keep this short, but it was quite a night. Probably not the ghost story you'd expect, but it's definitely a paranormal experience. My father got me and him tickets to go on some ghost tour of the tiny, six square block town they moved near. Paranormal investigators were hosting it. Normally, the investigators did their thing before inviting the public, but this time they did it the other way around, and we are going in blind. I'll skip the first two buildings we went to, suffice to say. Progressively weirder things happened. I was still doing well at not getting caught up in staying skeptical, but there were quite a few things that I just couldn't write off. The third building was far and beyond the most uncomfortable experience. We were in a long abandoned apartment above other than coffee shop. The person from the paranormal team keeping an eye on the place didn't guide us around like the others, instead just telling us to do our thing and come back when we were ready. I decided to go for it, open up my aura, listen to the walls and all that jazz. I'll mark the heebie-jeebies I felt that will be relevant later. Everyone grabbed an EMF reader slash various other devices from the only table in the room. I declined. I walked into the second room, and immediately through the door. My throat tightened up, chalked it up to allergies. This door was halfway along the long side of the skinny, rectangular room. I walked across to the wall on the other side. I started to notice that everyone else who walked into this side room made a beeline for the far corner with windows overlooking the street. I went that direction first, admired the view a moment, before carrying on. I went past the windows, back up the wall with the door I came through, past that, and stopped. I was about 10 feet from the back wall, and it just physically looked darker. I made note that I didn't actually want to approach the back of the room and stepped into the main room. I asked if I could borrow someone with an EMF reader, knowing full well that exposed wires will give you the someone watching you feeling, and will also set off the detectors. Two volunteers. I gave them very specific instructions. 1. Go to the back wall. And 2. Sweep it top to bottom. Ceiling 2. 4 readings. My volunteers seemed excited enough, but they didn't approach the back wall any closer than I did and instead leaned forward, arms with the MF readers outstretched, and called it good. Throughout our little free-run session of the building, not one person went all the way to the back of the side room. When we all went back to the table, paranormal investigator lady asked if anyone hadn't used the divining rods at the last locations. We'd had pretty good results with them, but I was still convinced they were a bunch of bull. Unfortunately for me, I was the only one who hadn't used them yet. If you skipped ahead to the fun part, here Yagio, we went through the normal questions, I found, with the divining rods pointed slightly down, they were incredibly hard to fake a result, and felt like magnets turning on and off in my hands, female, died young, blah blah blah, I noticed folk were just telling the rods to uncross after their question was answered, being a mild asshole, I asked if she was getting tired of everyone being so bossy. They crossed super fast and hard. I thanked her, and they dropped back down. Coward. Everyone chuckled and changed their tunes. Questioning continued as normal, but I started to feel the one in my left hand tug outward, not toward the center, between questions. 
It strayed further and further out. I kept shaking out that hand, making sure I was holding the rod correctly, etc. It still kept straying. When it reached a 90 degree turn, I realized, much to my dismay, it was pointing at the side room. I grudgingly pointed it out to the rest, asked the spirit if that's what she wanted, and the one in my right hand swung up and wrapped the knuckles on my left hand. They were stoked. We relocated. Throat tightness was back. I hadn't realized, but apparently the dust in only the side room was what bothered me I'd been fine in the main room. The questions from my group started getting aggressive, personal, pushy. Everyone was clamoring for their questions to be answered. People started talking over each other. The movement from the divining rods felt frantic. Increasingly so, I started getting tunnel vision. Everyone's voices seemed louder than I think they really were. And then suddenly, normalcy. The divining rods went dead. My vision cleared. Volume in the room was back to where it should have been. Even with several people talking to the divining rods at once, she was gone. I told everyone so. The paranormal investigator lady didn't have words, except to say she'd never had this kind of result when they did their runs with the public. What did we learn with everyone's aggressive questions? Why were all the little things I noticed relevant? The young woman's spirit had been pregnant out of wedlock, miscarried, spent two whole days sitting by that window staring down at the town before hanging herself in the back of the room. It didn't really end that night. Turns out, an acquaintance of mine lived in the apartment next door to that one. I hadn't even known. He was the ex-boyfriend of a roommate, so I didn't exactly keep in touch with him. A week after that night, he asked via Facebook message if I had been with the group of people doing something with the paranormal group, which he'd identified by the crappy logo plastered on the car parked out front. He thought he'd seen me, leaving when he got home, but didn't care to say anything. Turns out he'd been having problems ever since that night. Noises, nightmares, shadows moving, unexplainable fear, the whole movie haunting nine yards. I kept an eye on his Facebook, and he wasn't sleeping well, was keeping the lights and TV on. The moving shadows were starting to look like actual, horrible things. Two weeks after his message to me. He moved out of his apartment. TL. Doctor. Pissed off a spirit. Probably opened a gate to hell. Unleashed demon spawn on an old roommate's ex-boyfriend. It's been many years now, but our house was on the same property as my grandfather. Before he went into the veteran's home he would always sit outside in his rocking chair and tap the porch with his cane. Fast forward a couple years he got really sick and end up passing away. That same night we wondered if he went peacefully. It was scary at the time, cause we were so young, but we heard his cane tapping. So we went outside, and looked across, and his chair was rocking, and you could hear the cane tapping. I guess he came home. Also after my grandmother had died, the magnolia tree stopped blooming. When my grandfather died he must have joined my grandmother, because that tree end up blooming flowers that spring. When my mom died, her spirit passed through me. It was scary. I was unusually angry and yelling at people and using her phraseology, syntax, sentence structure, everything. My body felt pains in the stomach slash lower intestine area and I was having trouble catching my breath. My friend told me I was acting very strange and my husband said it seemed like I was possessed. Later, I found out my mom had passed several thousand miles away. 
from a pulmonary embolism. Okay I hope I don't get banned for posting so many experiences but all of these are true. When I was a kid, about 6 or 7 years old, my mom would sometimes sit on my bed until I fell asleep. One night I woke up in the middle of the night to what felt like hair brushing back and forth against my face. I really tired, but I could tell that something was very off about the situation. I said mom, is that you? And then all of a sudden I felt something lean down to my ear and whisper mommy loves you in a voice that was definitely not my mother's. I immediately jumped out of bed and ran out of my room and into my parents room where I found both of them sleeping. My mom walked me back to my room and showed me that there was nothing there but I was still completely terrified. I eventually fell asleep but it was not easy. I've posted this before. In high school. I was at a birthday party at my friend's house. She and her family had just moved into a 4 bed, 2 bath house in Livertown. PA many of these houses in these suburban developments have cookie cutter floor plans. Why? Oh you coming through front door. He stares her in front of you. He living room and kitchen are to the left. TC. Owing up the stairs. Here was a bathroom directly in front of you. ND 2 bedrooms on either side. He bedroom to the left was my friend's room. He bedroom to the right was full of boxes and unoccupied. Had been upstairs in my friend's room. He and another friend were still in there. Here were a bunch of people milling around the bottom of the stairs in the living room. Ocializing. Was standing at the top of the stairs. Eddie to go down the unoccupied bedroom full of moving boxes was to my left. A. As I went to go down the stairs. This. Glowing shape came floating out of the unoccupied bedroom. I froze. It was about a foot off the ground. Think small dog slash cat height. It quickly. Floated down the stairs. Directly in front of everyone standing down there. I watched them all follow it with their eyes. It floated into the middle of the living room and just vanished. Dead silence. Everyone saw this thing. At least 10, 15 people watched it float down the stairs and then vanish. I. Managed to stutter. Do you guys see that? Everyone stared at me with huge eyes and nodded. T was so freaky. ND multiple people witnessed it. Oh bizarre. Why hypothesis is that it was probably just an image burned into the atmosphere. ND constantly repeating. Who knows. This is my cousin's story, but we both lived in the same house. The house we grew up in was built in the 1800s, and we had never experienced anything before, but after this, that changed a little. My cousin was maybe 12, and he was running into the front living room. When he walked in he saw a boy drenched in water looking out the window. He looked at him for a bit, and then his mom called for him, so Rob turned around to yell back. When he looked back though, the boy was gone. We also had a seminar at school telling us to be safe while swimming in this one river that was strong but really popular. They had talked about the kid that had drowned there. During it I got a horribleness bloody nose out of nowhere. We found out years later that a boy had drowned in a river and his family had lived in our house before us and had his wake in that front living room. When I was is college I went to visit a friend who lived in a haunted dorm at another university. Her dorm was a converted mansion, and was supposedly haunted by the original family's autistic son. The story goes, that he lived his life locked in the attic under the care of a nurse. One day the nurse drowned him in the bathroom and hung herself. There were sightings of him throughout the years. And he was nicknamed Blue Boy. 
Well once she told me that story I just had to see that attic for myself. She said there was a stairway we could take to go up there, but the door to enter was always locked. Not this night. We entered the attic, and saw that that's where the building's power grid was. Right in the first room. I insisted we explore the rest of the floor. We walked down a long hallway, and turned a corner into a bedroom. The bedroom was noticeably colder, than the hall and other rooms, and also smelled like sofa. I looked at the view from the window, and noticed a small handprint in the dust, that had been caked on the glass. Very small. I pointed this out to my friend. And when she approached to examine my discovery we both heard running down the hall and a door slam. Thinking we had been caught. We looked around the floor, and didn't see anyone. And all the doors were open, even though we both heard that slamming sound. She and I had a great time the rest of the night. Laughing. Playing some music. Telling stories. It was very lifeted, and we almost forgot about Blue Boy. I'm going to set you up in the wicker room tonight. She said with a wink. That's supposed to be haunted too. As I lay in that room full of antique wicker furniture. Trying to fall asleep. I heard the top key of the piano being hit over and over again to no particular rhythm. Then the running started. I couldn't sleep because it sounded like someone was running up and down the stairs over and over again. Hitting the banister along the way. This was also during a rainstorm, so it was a very loud night to say the least. I heard one of her classmates come home and all the sounds stopped for a while. Then, presumably when this other person fell asleep in their bed, it all started up again. Long story short that piano was broken, and it hadn't rained that night. It was like this ghost was punishing me, with a cacophony of sound to disturb my sleep, because I had the audacity to disturb its attic. For the next 6 months I suffered from night terrors wherein a woman held me down trying to suffocate me, while whispering harshly in my ear. I don't duck with ghosts anymore. I'm not sure if this was supernatural or what, but last September my dog died while I was out of state in school. He was my favorite dog ever, and I loved him to death. I couldn't be there when they put him down, obviously, and it was upsetting. But I had school stuff to worry about, so I didn't think about it too much. I wasn't actively suppressing it, either. I cried for a bit the day of ended my best to move forward. About a week later, when I went to sleep. I had the most vivid dream I've ever had in my entire life. I still remember almost all of the details to it. And I usually forget 90% of my dreams. Anyway, in my dream, I was back home just dicking around on the computer when my mom called me downstairs. I went downstairs and there was my dog, right there, wagging his tail. I immediately ran up to him and embraced him. In the dream I knew he was dead. And I asked my mom why is he here? She said he wanted to say goodbye, so I hugged him and pet him for hours. I smelled his breath. It was just as awful as it always was. I asked if this was real, and she said yes. Then my mom said something that to this day I remember and use whenever I miss him. She said, in the middle of the night, when you're lonely and you miss him, call out to him and he will come to you. I held him for what felt like hours, and then I woke up crying my eyes out. Later that day my boyfriend came down and held me hours while I continued to cry. I have the best boyfriend in the world. And after that day it felt like I had truly moved on. What's interesting is that it was my mother who told me this stuff in my dream. And she's always considered herself a vessel to the spirit world so to speak. 
She has had about a million ghost encounters in her life, many of them involving dead pets she used to have. I honestly was never sure if I believed her or not, but I kinda do now, so that's what happened. I used to work at an ice rink that I'm convinced was haunted while walking around and cleaning the building. Sometimes I would hear the trash can lids in the bathroom randomly slam. There is no way that can happen without someone pushing the lid in and retracting their hand quickly. The building was pretty drafty when the garage doors for the Zamboni were open. But even when they were closed these two big and heavy doors would randomly slam. There was one time where I was standing by the door with my back turned towards it and it slammed. I did not feel any sudden draft that would have closed it that hard and fast. There were a couple instances where all the lights over the ice would be shut off except for one emergency light in a far corner, I would be doing my final rounds before leaving and locking the doors, and I would hear the crunching of ice skates. As if someone was skating, I would turn the lights back on, but there would never be any skate marks on the ice. The scariest moment involving the ghost happening while I was cleaning the ice with the Zamboni for the last time of the day. Halfway through cleaning the ice all the lights over the ice turned off, including the ones in the garage where the Zamboni was always parked, but I could still see the locker room lights on. This made me have to exit the ice since the headlights on my crappy Zam didn't work. Also a power outage could mean the ice will melt, but I could still see lights on in the locker rooms. I checked the breaker and it was fine, but then I went to the locked office where the lights were controlled and the light switches over the ice were turned off. There were no other employees there to turn these lights off. Those are just some of the instances I had with the ghost. Forgive any formatting issues. This was typed on my phone. I'm not an articulate guy nor a good storyteller, so I'm sorry if this is a little dry. I'm an avid stargazer, which is hard to be when you live in the middle of a dense Japanese city. Every night I have a smoke and a single beer on my 12th story apartment balcony and watch the sky for a good 20 or 30 minutes. Last year around 2am I was out and saw two strange lights. They were yellow and bright and looked like two helicopter spotlights really far away that were pointing towards my direction. They were moving north at a pretty slow speed and then suddenly picked up speed. A lot of speed. I've never seen plane nor helicopter haul ass like that. They went from a local market arcade straight over the main city station in seconds. I checked the distance later, and even with a really conservative estimate, those lights traveled 4 to 6 kilometers in 2 to 5 seconds. I know that people aren't very good at remembering durations of time. So 5 seconds is me giving it a bit of padding. It felt like 2 at the most though. That puts these objects speed at somewhere past the fastest plane speed ever recorded. 35. 000km slash s. Roughly. 9 kilometers a second. I'm one of the last people to think UFO. But for the life of me, I still can't figure out what I saw. I'm not aware of any JGSDF or US bases anywhere nearby. Of course there's always the chance that I imagined it. I almost take comfort in thinking that I didn't see anything that night. Because I've always been hypercritical of UFO experts. I've researched into possible explanations, but haven't found anything satisfying. Ball lightning is a possibility, but it was a clear night, and no lightning activity anywhere close to that day, I may have imagined it, of course. That's an explanation, that no observer likes to hear, if I was reading this story as someone else, I would immediately discount it. 
It was 2am, and he was drunk. But at the time I was on an adjusted sleep schedule, up all night, asleep all day, and it was basically my lunch time. I also wouldn't classify myself as drunk as I was still halfway through my daily beer when it happened. It's possible that a couple of small meteors hit the atmosphere hard, but collided with something that knocked them off course suddenly and violently. Had their entry been facing me at a very slight angle it would explain the slow movement and then suddenly acceleration. But then the brightness should have increased dramatically once moving over the station. But it doesn't feel like an answer. It feels like I'm clawing for a comfortable solution. I don't know what it was, but I was about 7 eighths. Leaning against the railing on the ground floor, beside it was a drop to the basement from the first floor. I was talking to my twin brother and a friend. I don't know what happened, but I lost my balance. Just as I did. Everything went slow motion, and I was out of my body? Can't explain it. But it was soothing, and I was looking at myself, and what was happening to me. I saw a little girl in white floating from where the basement was, and she grabbed my ankles. I then awoke in my bed. I lived on the fourth floor and there were no elevators. My mom and twin brother told me I fell to the basement from the ground floor. Got up and walked. All the way upstairs to my bed, and went to sleep. I don't remember from when I was that young, but I still remember that event clearly almost two decades later. Maybe I started dreaming as soon as I fell. It was a one-time thing. Never happened again. A few. When I was a small child I would talk to Paul. In my upstairs bedroom in an old family house, I don't really remember Paul. But originally he'd help me climb over the baby gate and get me down the stairs so I could go sleep in another room. I'd get up early and walk and talk with him. Overall I had a good feeling about Paul. But some years later I'd get weird dreams about a secret room from the closet. Family later explained that they'd seen balls of light dancing in the room. And there is in fact a crawl space in the closet that is about a person wide and leads through the siding around to the other room upstairs. I chalk it up to imagination mostly. With a touch of sleepwalking. My parents have been separated for a long time. So in the main home I'd be in. I would occasionally get weird feelings near the one end of the building. Or my brother's room. Once glanced over to see some dark brown fuzzy round thing with a singular leg sticking out of his doorway. Then it went away. Not sure what to think of that one. Was a garbage mobile home but still not likely an animal had gotten in briefly. Probably just a trick of the mind. Other family moved into this house, where I'm now. We'd get Hector's mail, previous, deceased owner, and started finding weird constructions he'd added, and some bullet holes. While patching the house up we would feel a presence and things would move on their own. Stuff falling off of walls. The dogs staring and growling at nothing. Blamed it on Hector. Supposedly I said I saw him downstairs once. I just think the house may have been built in a rather shoddy manner and is falling apart. Especially after so many boards got moved during the few days of minus 40 degree weather a couple years ago. This year it is also apparent that there are ants living in the walls and under the floorboards. I would be happy to have Hector as a room at any day over these little buggers. First story it was in the middle of the school year and I started seeing a figure in the corner of my eye it was a female wearing a silk nightgown which was kinda torn and dirty, s. He had buizes and wounds on her arms and legs, but when I looked directly to her direction she would be gone. Would start seeing her at 3 colon 00p. Very day, the same time. Eacher. 
object, every day. E first few days I was scared that I was going crazy. Everall days later I was just annoyed, and during the last days I just tried hard to ignore it. And one day we were having our lesson as usual. A teacher gave us a quiz and she sat down a few moments later she stood up and pointed at the same corner where I was seeing this figure slash apparition and she asked the whole class if we were seeing something. As soon as she said that the entire class raised our hands and we started describing what we were seeing and it turns out that all of us have been seeing the same thing for two weeks but we all thought that it was just all in our heads. Tear this we never saw it anymore. Second story I was in the 6th grade when this happened. I and my classmates saw our math teacher we even tried talking to her, but she didn't respond then later. After break time, we discovered that she was on leave that day. E and all 20 of my classmates who witnessed the same event were obviously shocked. And de scared. E next day our teacher confronted us, and she even got a bit mad, and accused us of making things up. But we swore to have seen her, Doppelgnscher. And another class, claimed to have also seen her the day before and that's when she believed us. It's happened several more times to her, and it caused her to resign in the middle of the school year. D story happened, when I was visiting some relatives in the countryside, S. So this happened after dinner. The place was rural and dark, and so I decided to follow my sister who went into this very dark room I continued following her, and as soon as I... Approached the threshold of the door I stopped and looked into the darkness. I instantly felt dread radiating out of that room. I stood there for a moment and decided to go to our guest room upstairs instead. And when I opened the door of the guest room I saw my sister in there. I asked her how did she got there so fast? When she went into the dark room, she said that she didn't go anywhere except our guest room. I was really puzzled I was straighting to believe that it was just my mind playing tricks on me then moments later our 12 year old niece went into our room and saw my sister. Our niece said that she thought that she saw my sister go into the dark room and that's when I believed that it was a doppelganger. I have more but they are very long. Thanks for watching, hit subscribe for more videos like this.